And then Ronaldo! Oh! To the Footy Fix with your host, Ben Batella. Welcome back to the Footy Fix podcast. I'm your host, Ben Batella. And on today's episode, we have Stefano Smonon, and we're going to give our opinions on the hot takes that you guys sent in this week. Stefano, we're alone today, just me and you, buddy. How are we doing? I'm doing great, man. Excited to be on here. You know, Inter champs, can't complain, man. Absolutely. It's, it's an excellent year for you. It's an excellent day for you. The last time you were on, Inter weren't quite, they didn't quite clinch the City A, but now you're just easy ride until the end of the season for the last two games. But we got we got Juve next weekend. You meet yeah, you yeah, next yeah. Weekend. Big game. That's a huge game for us. You guys can yep. just, please please put on your, your, your second string players. I beg of yeah, you because it's kind of necessary that we get that W. <laughs> who knows? Maybe we'll play Colorov and Pinamonti. I, I please and an injured sensei, <laughs> an injured sensei would really that be above and beyond right there. But anyways, we'll get right into it. So the first hot take was sent in by at Speaking Sports on Instagram, and he says the involvement of money in football has made the sport bigger. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no doubt for sure because like the money's just being kind of like thrown into specifically just the biggest clubs in the world kind of talked about this in the super league Mm -hmm. how like it's been kind of already going on for the last 20 years but the biggest clubs in the world for the most part have the best players in the world and because of that like they're the they be they get the best results and you know they're kind of develops like a nucleus of um almost how can i put this there's almost a um a culture that develops like with like madrid and barca there's a culture there and so, and that's because of guys like Messi and Ronaldo who have mm. who've laid the foundation for years and years and years. And so, yes, I definitely think that money has, um, has, yes. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you on that one. And that's not, not just about like transfers and also co- also managers, right? Yep. Signing the best managers, also youth academies. So getting better youth products and home built pe- uh, players from your uh, academies out of the clubs has gotten a little better because there's more money in it. And I just think that, Money has made the sport more entertaining. It's made the sport better overall. And there, But that being said, there is a limit to it, like we saw with the Super League, because, again, you can make the, the argument that this take, maybe he has the side of the Super League. We, I don't really know. I, I would have to ask him. But this kind of statement is sort of supportive of the Super League, meaning that money in football is better, so why not? Why can't we just make a Super League out of the 12 most elite clubs? But I, I would definitely agree with you. At a overall basis, money and football has made it bigger and better. The sure. second one... Qu- Sorry, can I just quickly add on something there? Yeah, yeah, go on. I love what you said about um, the academies, and specifically not only academies, uh, training grounds. Training yes. grounds and academies are huge for football. And specifically, I look at uh, all the top EPL teams. Specifically, you have United, Chelsea, and City. All of these teams here produce some of the best youth from their academies. You got guys like Foden and then Chelsea's got like a plethora of them. Yeah, and then United, them. like Greenwood. Rashford. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's not just being spent on the best players in the world. It's also being spent on youth academies. And like I said, training grounds, which is yeah. so, training grounds are so vital. Like look at, you can look at like Inter's training ground and then go look at like Swasola's training ground. Like you can't compare. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, what's the, what, what, what's the difference? What, do, like, what does this mean? Well, it gives young players the opportunity to develop further. Like, look at Barella. In one year, he went from 
just an average kind of midfielder to like top of the line. If they want yeah. it, if these athletes want it, they can go do it at these top training grounds. Because mm-hmm. then along with the facilities, you're getting the people who actually can make you the best of the best, right? Absolutely. And, and I don't know how we forgot this one. Stadiums as well, man. Oh, stadiums is a huge, sure. is a huge part of the attraction of the football club that makes the viewing experience, the experience uh, on an overall basis, a lot better for the fan and the player. But we'll move on. Uh, yep. So we're both in agreement of that one. Yes, it no does. Doubt. Right. Okay. No doubt. So second one sent in by Trix Vic on Instagram. Uh, the, he's got two of them. First one is Kabak is better at center back than Matip and Gomez. Oof. Um, okay. Well, I'll, I'll kind of break this down a little bit. I like Kabak when it comes to him breaking the ball out from the back. Kind of rhymes right there. Um, he's actually pretty good at that. He's actually pretty good at that. Um, overall, like it's so tough because we've never seen Kabak with Van Dyke, mm-hmm. and we've seen Gomez with Van Dyke, and we've seen Matip with Van Dyke. Yeah. And personally, I kind of I don't really rate those two guys there because I think that Van Dyke is just he kind of carries the load for that back line. Yeah, for sure. Um, from what I've seen though, I'm gonna say no because. At the moment, Liverpool aren't in a Champions League position. If they were in a Champions League position, I would say yes. And the reason for that is because I can't I can't see a guy like Kabak being so – how can I say this? He's being so poor that, like, the teams went from champions of the EPL all the way past Champions League to Europa League. Mm-hmm. So because, like I said – they're in not a Champions League spot right now. I'm going to say Matip and Gomez are better. I don't know. It's kind of a weird analogy I use there. No, no, I'll, I'll agree with you. And the, the, yeah. one, the one argument I'll make is that the only reason why Liverpool have Kabak is yeah. because Matip and Gomez were injured. That's right. the sole reason. And there's no doubt what you said. Again, I'm going to agree with you that Van Dyke mm. makes those guys look a lot better than they actually For are. Sure. Um, but regardless of that, even if it was a combination of Van Dyke and Quebec, I still don't think that partnership would be better than Matip and or Gomez, if you know what I mean there. And honestly, like Quebec, I get it. You're in a tough situation. You're playing against, uh, what's his name? Phillips? Yeah, yeah this is Phillips. Nat Phillips. You're, you're playing against uh, Nat Phillips or with Nat Phillips. With, and, yeah. and Trent Alexander-Arnold hasn't had the best season so far. Andy Robertson is pretty solid defensively. And of course, you got Allison and Nat. And they're still conceding more than they ever have and losing the home games right they're on a bit of a tear now after that win against menu but still very inconsistent defensively and i don't think that kabak and van dyke would be better than kabak again and or matip and gomez so i'm gonna say no to that one so just quickly just to clarify for the audience i don't think that basically what i'm trying to say is i don't think the loss of van dyke should lower liverpool from champions to Europa League. No. You know what I'm saying? No. And because of that, and to remember, you still have Fabinho playing in front of those two center backs. Man, I personally, I rate Fabinho so highly. I think yep. that he's one of the best CDMs in the world. Like, we should be talking about him, Kimmich, Castamiro as, like, the best in the world. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, with him sitting in front of there, that takes so much pressure off those two uh, center backs and just the back line as a whole. So, I'm going to say... Like I said, Gomez and Matip, both better than Kabak. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you on that one. But th- again, like you said, they don't only have Fabinho, Steph. They have 
yeah. pretty much the entire team is healthy apart from Van Dyke. And I, and I get it. I understand how important Van Dyke is to Liverpool. And he said today that he's not going to play in the Euros to be fit for the 2021-22 season instead. And we're going to see how detrimental of a loss that could be to the Netherlands. But in terms of his Liverpool impact, it's pretty big. But regardless, you guys just won the league. You won the Champions League the year before that. I don't think the absence of one player is a viable excuse for how you're playing this year. I just, I really, I don't, I don't believe in that. But he, so let's get to the second one. Mm -hmm. So this is a bit of a hot, it, it's a hot take. It's a hot take. Pedro Neto is a top two youngster in the Premier League. That means he's behind That's like, like, like one okay. or what are we talking with like youngsters here? Like I'm talking, we're talking, I I guess we like can say under 21. Let's say under 23 because we're, oh. I would include, mm, I would include Diaz in that. Maybe some people wouldn't, but I think the likes of Foden, Mason Mount, Saka yeah, are in no, the conversation. It, it, it's, it's, it's a no from me. Um, Maybe if you said top ten, if you said top ten, I'd be like, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but like, you literally just said it, like Foden, uh, Mount, two guys in the Champions League final. I re I rate Reese James so much. I think Mason Greenwood's gonna be one of the best. Yeah, he's one of the best already, in my opinion. Mason Greenwood. Uh, like, no, I, I'm. Just, it's a no for me. Um, I do like Pedro Neto. Don't get me wrong. I think he's got some great upside, like his technique and. He's so agile. He just, I think very he has got, so, yeah, very fast. He's got such a bright future, just Pedro Neto, but I uh, just, I can't, I definitely not. Definitely not for me. This one, this one's a little difficult because he had a really good run of form where he was mm -hmm. scoring a couple goals. And again, he is playing for Wolves, right? So we have to look at that. And obviously playing for Man City in, in terms of Foden and playing mm -hmm. for Chelsea in terms of Mount is going to help them. Uh, succeed and I think that Saka had a good he had a pretty good season for how young he is but I think he's way overhyped so I would put him ahead of Saka but top two is a little bit of a stretch I would say top it, it's a big five. stretch I would say top five is again still fair. a bit of a stretch I think it's fair but I think top 10 is a little more realistic I would put him in top five but yeah. I, I, I just think that top two like who is he better than Mount or Foden at this point and I don't yeah. think He's I love the point. Either I love the point though that you made. Sorry to interrupt. I, I love the point that you made that like he plays on Wolves, so it's a little bit tough. They're not really an attackive team. Mm -hmm. Like we all know this, they tend to sit back and then just hit you on the counter attack. Yes. At the end of the day, like man, Phil Foden is playing like oh. shouldn't be playing at that level at our age. No, no. he shouldn't no. be playing at that level. And the same thing with Mason Mount, man. Like, oh my gosh, like to be. I think I don't know if Pedro Neto is even going to make Portugal. Like he probably will. I think no, he, he'll make it. He'll make it. But you got to remember that they're going to play. If they decide to go for that type of player, they're just going to put mm. Yota ahead of him, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Like he, if they do, if he does make the team, he's. I'm sorry, he's not going to be getting a lot of playing time. Versus <laughs> like Foden and Mount, those two guys are going to be starting for yeah. England. They are going to be getting game time for England more than likely at the at the Euros, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. I, okay. I love Foden. I think he's a fantastic yes. player. I think people are saying he's overrated now because of all the hype he's getting. I think he deserves a 100% of that hype. But oh, yeah. in terms of Mason Mount, I'm not on the train yet. I'm really? not on the Mount train yet. And I, could, I, and, I, and, I, and I don't know. I know why because, look, when I watch him play, I look at his stats, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't say they were abysmal this season, 
But in 47 games, he doesn't have over 10 on each category, goals or assists. So he's not cracking the double digits quite yet. And I Fair understand enough. that that's, I mean, a, that's, that's does, a good season. I understand that quickly, that's a good season. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just quickly to... He's got a bit, He's more of like a true number six, where it's like he's gonna like run up and down the field. So he does have like a. He's got a really good work rate on. Him, I understand so. that. Yeah, but I will say this: Conte mm. plays the CDM position for Chelsea, and not only does he play that position, he's all over the mm. field. So that gives sure. Mount a little bit of more freedom to do what he wants offensively. Yeah, and I, what the goals he scored, the chances he's created have been fantastic. Don't get me yeah. wrong there, but I think when you're comparing ball. when you're comparing him to Foden. I just think Foden is miles ahead of Mount. Miles ahead. I still think Mount's a quality player. He's going to turn into mm-hmm. a pretty solid player for Chelsea in the, in the next 10 years. For the coming years, he's going to be a very good player. Probably end up as a club legend. Let's be real here. But um, F- Foden is is like the next tier up. He is elite yeah. of the elite. He's entering like... Foden is... is We're looking at him right now and be like, geez, like this could be the next Mbappe. This could be the next Holland. That kind of level. Just a different kind of player. But mm-hmm. very, very technical... Very, very smart, has excellent vision. It's it's scary looking at Foden. He's a scary, scary player. For sure. Um, but the next one, let's go to the next one. All right. This one is sent in by Bench Bench Boosters on Instagram. So they have two again. So Matthias Delict has a better shout at being listed as a generational talent than Erling Holland. What do we think, Steph? One thousand, one thousand percent. I couldn't have said that better myself. Listen, not to knock against Holland, I don't trust Bundesliga strikers, man. Bundesliga strikers <laughs> do not... Oh, they tend to. No, no, no. I'm saying Bundesliga strikers that go abroad and go play in another league. Like, I'm just going to give like, Timo Werner. I know he's been kind of on decent form now, but... Mm, Jolinton, all right. Um, there's Sorlot as well. He's on, like, he went from Leipzig to, I think, Crystal Palace back to Leipzig. Uh, there's... There's like Kramerich who was like who he actually played at Leicester and he was actually like a decently there was like a decent fee on him and he didn't work. Yeah, I, yeah. So many, so many Bundesliga strikers have not panned out. And for me, for my money, Matthias Delict is so damn good. Mm-hmm. Like, if I get, I'm gonna kind of go back to uh, Fabinho here. Imagine Fabinho was sitting in front of that Juventus back line. Imagine like you, they had like a destroyer. I know like, so last year and actually two years ago, cause he's been on the team for three years now. So they had Pjanic. Mm-hmm. Pjanic is not really the type of, he's not a destroyer, right? No. He's like the true regista. He's going to like look for the over the tops. He's, he's more technical mm-hmm. as a regista, right? He's not yeah, like a yes. brisket. He's not a Fabinho. And now this year, Juventus is mostly plays a four, four, two. So again, you're kind of, expo- your back line is kind of exposed. Um, so imagine a guy like that sitting in front of Delict. Man, Juventus would not concede goals, and Delict would get so much more credibility that he deserves. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest problems with Juventus is that they are isolating their center backs so much this year. Like guys like Demiral and Delict are just getting bashed, in my opinion, for absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. I, when you have guys like Rabiot and I like McKinney, but he's not quite there yet, and then like Ramsey. And Artur, you don't have a destroyer in there, and you, and not only that, you're they're not playing in that role. Like I said, Juventus plays a four four two, so Delict to me, like I said, just give him one of the best world CDMs, and I think that he would thrive and 
I st- like I said, I, I didn't mean to bash Holland there by any regard. He is no, of course. So, so good. Like, yeah, he is yeah, yeah. disgusting, right? But I think, like, I, gen- I genuinely think that Delict has better upside than Erling Holland. Yeah, and this is a tough one because they're both heavyweights when we're talking about generational talents and, and young wonder kids. But what I like about Delict is that Delict was in Ajax and was the captain at 19 yep. years old and took them to a semifinal. He scored the goal to get them past Juventus. He shut down a Madrid in the Bernabeu. So, and this year, I think you're right. He's been them as a pairing, whether it's Benucci or Demiral or Chiellini. They've been isolated due to that stupid formation that Pirlo loves to play all the time. Um, but regardless of that, regardless of them getting bashed and having a lot of pressure on them, Delict always pulls through. Always. Sure. Last year, he had a little bit of an issue uh, conceding some handballs. You know, here and there, this year, there's none of that. And I love Delict. I love his size. I love his intelligence. I love his speed, his athletic, his athleticism. I love how when you stand up against up against Delict, you could be from Ramelo Lukaku, who's a giant unit, or Lionel Messi, who's like, what, 5'4". And yeah. either way, he looks imposing to you. Imposing. He is point. man. Have you seen this guy? I follow this guy on Instagram, and he posted a picture with his girlfriend and their two their two dogs. He was sitting on the couch, and Stefano, I'm I think his legs one leg was about two feet wide. I'm not even. I think his shorts. When you yeah. watch him play, his Juventus shorts are too. Are they're they're too. Uh, they don't have enough diameter for him. They're too thin. They're too yeah. thin. He has yeah. to pull them up and wear them like short shorts. It is insane. The guy is a unit. He's strong, and at such a young age. With such a good head on his shoulders, he's already proven he can play in two leagues. And I get it that the Dutch league, you can't really count it, but you can because mm-hmm. he did it in the UEFA Champions League. So sure. I think Delict, I'm going to take Delict. I'm going to agree with this take right here because Delict, without Juvent, without Delict, Juventus would be, they wouldn't even be competing for a Champions League spot right now. There are a few so players on Juve that without, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be able to, to win games, period. And Delict is definitely one of them. Um, so the second one we have, this one, again from Bench Boosters, Pele is the goat over Ronaldo and Messi. Steph, what do you think? Ronaldo's the goat. Period. There you go. I said it. Ronaldo's the goat. Why? He's willing to take on challenges, and he's played against the best of the best competition. Like, and he's won everywhere in every one of those competitions that he's played against. He has won. He's he's won. So many uh, accolades for his uh, for his individually, and he's won so much for his team. Like everywhere he's played, he, he did it in Portugal, he did it at United, he did it at Madrid, he he did it at Juventus up until this dysfunctional season. He won a, <laughs> and people will say, "Oh, he didn't play in the finals for Portugal." Man, without Ronaldo, you think Portugal's there? No, chance. you think Portugal's there? And not to bash Messi or Pele, like I said, but Messi's not willing to take on any new challenges. Messi is kind of just isolated himself in Barcelona. And quite frankly, ever since guys like Iniesta and Xavi have left, specifically Iniesta, mm-hmm. he hasn't won a Champions League. And he hasn't he hasn't made it to a Champions League final ever since that. And then with Pele, you know, it's hard because I obviously I've never seen him play, but like the amount of goals that he scored in the friendlies, like you got to take that into like he's scoring against like the Brazilian league teams. And like, I know they were pretty good then, or uh, he's scoring against like North American teams. Like 
you kind of lose a little bit of credibility. And I know he, I know he was so talented. Like look at the world cups, look at the world cups, yeah, yeah. the best I'm, player in three of those world. I'm cups, with right? you. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. But like, man, I just think the fact, like I said, that Ronaldo's willing to take on new challenges in different leagues and he's thriving with those challenges. That makes him the goat. Well, first of all, you, you and I both know who I, who I think the goat is. I think yeah, that's we're just agreeing on everything, huh? I think that's for most things. But what mm. I will say is that mm. you said everything. You said it all. The one thing I wanted to include in that is that the difference in playing style between the 70s and the 60s and the 2010s and 20s and even the late 2000s. When we changed over to 2000, not just the sport of football, but every single sport, money was poured into it. And everybody got more athletic. Everybody got more skilled. Everybody was trained a lot better. So true. The, 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 overall, the overall quality of players and teams and managers and executives raised by about 175% compared to what it was. And I think that I love, I love Johan Cruyff and I love Pele and I love Maradona and I love Eusebio, and I love these old legends like Beckenbauer. You can't put them down because they were, they were those standalone players that they traveled back in time from the 2000s and played in the 70s and the 60s and wherever or whenever they played. But I think when you're comparing Pele and you're comparing Ronaldo and Messi, I don't think you can do that. And I think because Messi and Ronaldo have played so far in the hardest most challenging, most difficult, most skilled, most talented, most athletic era of football that has ever existed, and Pele has not. Not only have they done that, have they competed, they've won everything, they've been the best for over 15 years, and they continue to be the best until God knows when. And I think that if you put Ronaldo and Messi back in Pele's era, they would score about 1,500 goals each. And I'm not even over-exaggerating. I think if you put Ronaldo in the 60s and the 70s, he's winning four World Cups and he's scoring 2,000 goals. I think if you put Messi, the same thing. The exact same thing. And Ronaldo and Messi, period, are, are, are leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else. But respect where Pele is. He won the World Cups when the World Cup was the most prestigious trophy to win. There was not really any other option. There was the European Cup, but it wasn't looked upon as highly as it is now. The World Cup was really the only thing. Nowadays, you have Champions League and the international trophies. And Ronaldo has done both. So I will take Ronaldo over Pele and Messi any day of the week. Quick thing. Again, I love what you said there about like the 60s where it's like Ronaldo scored 1,500 goals. Maybe not that much, but like the point is, I know it's exactly what you're saying. Like, Players didn't train. They didn't manage their diet like they, they do now. They smoked. They smoked, which is huge. <laughs> they just didn't. They weren't really athletes. Like this was almost just like a side gig for them in in a, in a way, right? It, it had to be because the money, man. Exactly. Like these half of these players were just kind of genetically gifted, right? Yep. Well, Ronaldo and Messi, these guys were obviously genetically gifted, but they worked on their craft so much, and like look how good they are now. Like you said, I think that's a great point, though. Like, if Ronaldo and Messi, if those, specifically Ronaldo, because I think maybe if he had, like, a guy like Messi where it was very rough, obviously, then, and you yeah. know, a lot of stuff didn't get called with Messi. Yeah. But I think if a guy like Ronaldo were to play, like, 
in the 60s. He would be a have mess. It'd be a mess. it would be a mess. Exactly. He'd be, be even better. <laughs> I think, yeah, and and I and I don't I think the more comparable um comparable, I should say, era of sports between now and wherever in the past would be the 90s. I think mm -hmm. the 90s are like they're breaching that elite level of play and more money's going into it and you're seeing more qual because if we think about it back in back in the 60s and 70s you had the guys you had these generational superstars and these iconic players but you only had like one or two every so often right yeah. you only had one or two elite of, a, of an elite player nowadays like guys like Foden and Mbappe and Holland are springing out from the ground out of nowhere well and the reason why is because money is poured into this sport the training facilities, we already talked about this, are invested in. You're getting the best of the best coaches, and money is just it's poured into the sport, and people are they're eating better diets, they're not smoking, they're naturally more athletic. And I think that that the way football is, is played now and the way football is researched on now definitely gives the edge to Messi and Ronaldo over Pele. So we'll go to the next one now. This one is sent in by at football banter. Ready for this one? Mason Mount is the best youngster in the world behind Mbappe and Holland. Well, do you agree or not? Meaning that, hold on, Mason Mount is just behind Mbappe and Holland. Yeah. So he's like the third Number best. Number three. He's the third best. Uh, no. <laughs> no, sorry, man. Um, this is. I don't even think that there's an argument to be made here. Usually I'll say, oh, wow, you know what? Like, I can kind of see your point of view. This is just, no, this is just kind of ridiculous in my opinion. Um, no disrespect to Mason Mount. Great player. Love him. Again, touched upon it. Fantastic work rate for his age. Um, just, it, it, it's a no from me, man. It's, yeah, no. No, I'm going to definitely agree with you on that one because I literally, I didn't bash Mason Mount, but I just, I said my piece against him. Yeah. The third best youngster in the world behind Mbappe and Holland is Phil Foden. Let's just get that clear. And then close behind him is Matthias Delict. And that's my that's my hot take. I think Mason Mount is a terrific player. Like I said mm -hmm. before, I think he's a great, he's gonna he's a future Chelsea legend. He's gonna be a part of that midfield for the next 10 years, but he is not you guys, I feel like people are overrating him so much. I think mm -hmm. when you compare him to Matt, to Foden, it's like passing Foden, skills Foden, dribbling Foden, creativity Foden. Like, and I get that Foden plays on City and he's he's able to stat pad a little bit with that crazy lineup around him. I understand oh, yeah. that, but come on, guys. All right, like maybe no, I'll be a little. Is, bit, sorry, no. I, just, I actually I'll let you finish. Let you finish. No, no, sorry. go on, go on, Steph. I'm done. And. Uh, Man, as an Inter fan of Mal, I'll take Barella and Hakimi over uh, over yeah, Mal. Man, I, I'm sorry. Like maybe Bastoni, maybe Bastoni. You can say, hey, there's, you know, maybe I'd probably have Mount over Bastoni. Maybe I'm a little reaching there, but uh, no, Barella and Hakimi are like I don't even know if Mount's top ten. Sorry. I just think that again, and it, it comes with a lot of English players. They do receive a lot of hype and a no, lot no. of praise. But And I think some of them deserve it and some of them don't. For example, this year, players who have received hype that deserve it, Harry Kane, for sure, De Bruyne, 100%, Diaz, nobody's arguing that, Fofoden, yes, Mount is where I draw the line because, yeah, Chelsea are in the semifinals, but are they are in the finals of Champions League, but are they really there because of Mount? Or are, there, are, are they there because Tuchel came in, 
when the team was floundering in the league. Mm-hmm. And now they're all of a sudden probably the best defensive team in Europe with City. And now they're in the Champions League final. So is that really Mount's doing? Or is that Thomas Tuchel's doing? Because I think it's the latter. I think so. So we're saying no on that one? Definitely. Okay. That take was sent in by Amea Giraj. So I just want to clarify that one. All right. Next one. We got four from this guy. His name is Chris Jalal. Oh. He's my friend. Okay. Uh, you can find him on Instagram on at second half subs. So here's oh, okay. the first one. Here's the first one. All right. And I like this one. Liverpool have reached their peak and will need to rebuild. Steph, yes or no? Really good question. Really good question. Oof. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Wow. And the reason, yes, I'm going to say no. And the reason why is that they still have their core. They still have guys like Van Dyke. Okay. He's not going anywhere. Salah's not going anywhere. Uh, Fabinho's not going anywhere. I already mentioned him. Uh, Robertson and Trent. Robertson's a little bit older. Trent, I know he's had a bad season, but I'm going to bank on him coming back. Uh, I know it's it's more of teams kind of learning how to like counter Liverpool because I know like they teams love to just use the wings against Liverpool and create two on ones down Robertson and specifically Trent's side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those guys are core guys, and I still think Klopp is one of the best managers in the world. Uh, however, with that being said, they definitely need to address some positions. Uh, Roberto Firmino. That's that's one guy like we gotta we gotta figure something out there. Even after two goals, fig- even after two goals today. Uh, yeah, I know. He, no, we gotta figure out something there, man. It's okay. it's he's he's big. He's a huge shell of what he, he of what he formerly was. Yeah. Um, I like Diogo Jota. Mm-hmm. I don't I do think like he specifically suits the that false nine in Liverpool. I think for me personally, he's a better winger, but I think they need more fast wingers because Liverpool is more of a counterattacking team. Again, the, the point is, though, I think that they need a false nine. I think that they need more of a – they definitely need someone there. Um, and I think that they could definitely use uh, one more midfielder, right? I know with Genie, he's he might be leaving, but Thiago hasn't really worked. Like I said, Liverpool more of a counterattacking side. He's more of a possession-based midfielder, and it just hasn't worked. It just hasn't worked this year. Let, let's be honest. It just hasn't worked. So I think that, like I said, one more midfielder and one more – and not one more, rather, one – striker and i know that's so hard to find you can't just pull a striker out of a hat and say here look <laughs> like he's great it's huh. like look at for me was like a 20 million euro signing and they evolved him into what he what he obviously was not yes. is anymore in my opinion yeah so yeah those are two areas i think that need addressing i do not think though that their time is up well i'm gonna actually agree with this one I'm, this is the first time we've disagreed on the on so far in the episode, but I'm going to disagree with this yeah, take here. I disagree with this. I think that their I think your peak, I think this team's peak, and it was a remarkable peak at that, was winning the Champions League in one year and the EPL the year after. And I think right now that yes, I understand without Van Dyke, yes, I get it that they've been riddled with injuries literally all season, since the very, very beginning. I understand that. But I don't think I think that you're just you're adding on another year to an already aging core. And I think that teams around them, like City, are reinforcing their title hopes and repeat hopes with younger, more elite talent. Look at who's leading City right now. 
is a 23-year-old center half named Ruben Diaz. On the front line, it's a 21-year-old named Phil Foden. Okay? Chelsea are being led by a bunch of youngsters who are not even into their mid-20s, right? Crazy. Who else do we have? Man U, right? Bruno Fernandes is 27, but Mason Greenwood is young. Rashford is young. Maguire is about mid-20. I think he's like 26 years old. They got Dean Henderson and Nett. And although they aren't the best team and title contenders just yet, they're still young and they're still very skilled. So I think there are teams around them that are just younger and with the same amount of skill, if not a little less or a little more. But I think that this core, I think I think it's done. I think that they're still going to be wow. a top four contender next year. I, I believe in that. But the peak of them going into Europe and 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 other teams being just so afraid of them and, and them being a number one contender for the APL, I think those times are over. I think that is done. And to be honest, I wouldn't be so sad to see it go. <laughs> I wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't. And I, again, Van Dyke's going to come back next year, and he's probably going to be just as dominant, if not a little less, because of his injury than he was before. But that being said, I think that City, even when Liverpool have Van Dyke, are a better team than Liverpool by quite a bit. Um, the second one, more EPL. It's all EPL from here on. Arsenal are not a top six side, and they will be replaced by Leicester City. I really, really <laughs> want to say yes, but the fact that Stan Kroenke owns Arsenal and he's just going to pour money into that club. Let's be honest. They could finish 17th and narrowly escape relegation. Stan Kroenke's still going to put millions of dollars or millions of euros into that club. And because of that, performance-wise, yes, Leicester are so much better than Arsenal. Man, Arsenal are a meme. Like, I don't know if you watched the Chelsea versus Arsenal game. Man, they went up one nothing, and they literally played 11 at the back. Like, yep. it was bad. Like, it was so negative. It didn't look like that team had ever had any success in the EPL, let alone being a top-six club. Uh, so with that... Uh, I'm going to like, I'm going to say no, I'm going to say no, because eventually money's going to buy wins for Arsenal. I think they've had the money. They've had the chances mm-hmm. and all they've done with it is by Nicholas Pepe and <laughs> others who are terrible at the sport and they cannot play as a unit. They chose the wrong manager. Even though I like Arteta, they chose the wrong manager. Uh, they have no drive. They have no composure. They have no maturity. They have barely any skill. They invest in the wrong youngsters. They, it's a ma- I, where do I stop, Steph? Because they are not a good team whatsoever. Whatsoever. What? Let's go so quickly. Pepe is not that bad. Let's, I don't want to bash Pepe so much. He's, but he's not worth 80 million. He's not worth 80 million. Not even close. Maybe like half of that. And then it's like, okay. Um, so many of their youngsters, in my eyes, the way I view them, kind of overrated. Um, oh my god actually, yes oh my kind, god i'm sorry not kind of overrated very overrated the only guy i really rate is saka outside of that Man. like i don't rate martinelli at all i don't rate smith row oh i don't, don't even rate, let me start on uh, smith row i don't rate i never rated holding our chambers even those guys even though those guys are a little bit older now nope uh reese nelson i don't even i think he's i don't even know if they sold him if it, <laughs> it, it's felt like they've taken their academy team and put it on to their actual 
uh, squad and said like, yeah, no, these guys are good. Like these guys dominated in the academy. It's like, no, they didn't. You're just calling up academy players and like <laughs> giving, basically giving propaganda to their fans. Like, yeah, these guys here, like oh, Smith Rowe. They killed it. They killed it back in the like, academy. Oh, <laughs> oh, they killed in the academy. No, you didn't. They were just, they were just average. Yeah. I said it. I said it before. United, Chelsea, and City had have, have the best academies. Arsenal are in maybe the two. Maybe I'll give them the tier two. Maybe I'll yes. give them the tier two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, man, no. Like it's 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 a mess. And like you said too, throwing money at just bad. Like you're throwing money well, into the fire right now. That's what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, you're it's, you're, it's, you're you're you're, you're deliberately wasting money. On a like they signed level. Thomas Partey for 40 million euros. Good like player. this is the answer. Good player. But like, this is the answer. One guy midfield solved. We're good. Top six. No, you're not. You still need like, you still have six positions to solve. Yeah. And by the way, those academy, like I said, those academy players that you called up that you told your fans that these guys are going to be sick. No, they're, no, they're not. No, they're not. And they're playing in all six. They're the problem. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I think that when you watch their transfer patterns, they're, they just sign one pretty decently sized player a summer exactly with, with no direction i feel like they're just trying to build an ultimate team like, oh my god that's the uh, best no, ult- way you can put it. ultimate fee team i don't mean like the ultimate team i mean like fifa 21 ultimate team <laughs> you're going out to the tran to the to the transfer market and you're just looking for i need a goalkeeper let's get him next year i need a center defensive midfielder parte i need a right winger let's get pepe i need a striker let's get actually let's get two lacazette and obama yang and it's just picking and choosing guys who have no chemistry together and cannot play well together, and they can't win games together. And I think, on paper, Arsenal are actually not that bad of a team because Partey's a good player. Aubameyang's a good player. Lacazette is a good player. Pepe's pretty decent. They're not that bad of a team. Willian is okay. Willian's not bad. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Wait, wait on it. He's had a terrible season, but before that, he wasn't that bad. He's a pretty decent bench player. Okay, fair He's enough. He's a good sub. He's a good sub. And then when you put them on the field... It's like they're in the wrong sport. It's like they they, they, they missed okay. the hockey rink. They missed the hockey rink at the first stop, and they just got off at the soccer field. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Anyways, we have two more. Yep. Okay? Quickly. Harry Kane will be stuck at Spurs the f- for the foreseeable future. Man. Um, I'm going to say no. Harry, this is a pledge. Get out of there. Get out of there, man. Get out <laughs> well, of there. Well, it's not whether you want him to go. Is it? Will it happen? Like, will he just stay at Spurs for the remainder uh, of his career? Let's just say. I feel like he's such a nice guy. That's the thing. I feel like 100%. he doesn't want. Like, yeah, I feel like he's such a class act. Let's be honest. Harry Kane's. Oh, he's one of my. He's one of my favorite players on and off the field. I like him. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say that he does not stay. I'm gonna say that he requests to get out because, like, man, he. He's how old is he? 28, 29 now. It's like man, like he's my... twenty seven. Okay, he's in. A, we'll say he's between twenty seven and twenty nine. I'm not quite sure yeah, exactly yeah. how old he is. Yeah, uh, but he's gonna look at it and like, man, my prime might be coming to an end shortly, and I haven't won a trophy. Never mind a trophy worth noting. Like it's like, oh, it's one thing to say, oh, I won like the Community Shield or I won something like a small trophy. No, he's never won anything at Spurs. No, he's no. never won a single thing. So I think that that's just going to drive him just to get out of there. And let's be honest, Spurs are just in kind of shambles right now. Like, I, you talk about Arsenal missing on so many signings, man. <laughs> so much themselves. But here's the thing: I don't think he'll ask to leave. I will. Mm-hmm. I won't. I, I don't agree with this take. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's going to be like a chain of events. I think that the Glazers at Manchester United are really being forced to get it back on the side of their fans or sell. 
There's no mm. other option. And I think that to make for him to they're going to make a move to get like their fans back. And that move is going to be signing Harry Kane. Really? And I think that I do think so. And I think that that'd be a fantastic signing for United for both parties involved. And I think that if you're Harry Kane, now's the time where you're very, very stressed out because I don't think he wants to be there anymore. Like you said, he's just too nice of a guy and he kind of wants to stay and doesn't want to mm-hmm. cause any trouble. But you look around you and you have elite strikers all over Europe that are significantly younger than you are yeah, and way more appealing to teams, mm-hmm. to big clubs around the world. And way more appealing, I mean, like, uh, what do you, would you rather sign as City, let's just say as an example, mm. the 20-year-old or 19-year-old Erling Haaland, who has the same amount of goal contributions as Harry Kane this season, pretty much, mm-hmm. or the 27-year-old Harry Kane? Because one of them you're going to get about 14 years out of, and the other one you're going to get maybe another five. In theory, yes. It like, just theory, makes sense. So it just mm-hmm. makes sense. And I think that Harry Kane, if he moves now, he needs to move right now. And I think that Man United would be a fantastic landing spot, despite mm-hmm. they, them having Greenwood and then re-upping Cavani and Rashford. I think that Man United with Harry Kane in the front is already a legitimate PL contender because he has had a fantastic season under Mourinho and uh, under the new manager. But the last one of the day here, mm-hmm. going back to Man U, Mason Greenwood Ooh. is the second best finisher in the EPL. I would assume behind Harry Kane. I would assume behind Harry Kane, Mo Salah, uh, behind <laughs> Edison Cavani, behind <laughs> Jamie Vardy, behind... Yeah, I didn't really think... Yeah, no, definitely not. Sorry, Chris. Um, I love Green... I think... Okay, listen. Greenwood's one of my favorites, and I think one of his best qualities is his finishing. Like, he is... He's already got, which is pretty scary for like a 19 year old that, that he's got like that finishing touch to him. Like he's mm-hmm. so composed when he gets the ball in a good scoring area. Yep. But number two, it's, it's not even close. And like, you, you just rambled off all those guys' names. Like, man, top, I could see him being a top 10. Honestly, like I would make the argument for him being a top 10. I think Greenwood's I legit. think that's, I think that's more appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Top two is no, no, it's just, it's a definite no. I think I think that again he's a terrific young player. Yeah, uh, Chris Chris is a Man U fan, so <laughs> <laughs> I know where he's coming from with this one. But I think that I think Sergio Aguero is a better finisher. I think that oh, Gabriel Jesus that. is a better finisher. I oh, think I don't know that, about that right now. I think that geez, I don't want to say Mares, but he's on a tear of goals right now. So maybe, wow. and th- those are just City players. Then you have Cavani yeah. who has been on a tear lately and right now is probably the better the better finisher. You have Harry Kane, yes, is the better finisher. Can we include Hung Ming Sun on that? I think so. In terms of finishing, I think we can. Dry spell sun. He's been going through a little bit of a dry spell, especially what like this <laughs> what, about, like, what about Timo Werner? Oh <laughs> him, and Ster- him and Sterling him and Sterling, man. Oh, are you kidding me? Best finishers in the league. No, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't say number two for Mason Green. I would say top ten. Top ten, top I 10. would legit. I would definitely make. I think if I someone were to, if someone were to argue not top ten, I would like I said, I would argue. Yeah, he's definitely a top. I 10. would argue against that, but I don't think top two is a second best finisher in the EPL. Yeah, I don't. No dice. I don't think so. No, I don't it's, think it's, so. De- it's a definite no. Mm-hmm. So went through all the takes. We got them done. A lot of hot ones in here, eh, Steph? 
few ones, oh, few ones. Petronetta of... one and uh, Petronetta. That that one just stuck with you, didn't it? Throughout I the did. whole time, it was on your mind. Uh, yeah, regardless definitely. of that, thank you very much for coming on, Steph. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks, man. Thanks. Always happy to be on here. You already know. Me and you both, brother. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Footy Fix. We'll see you then.